Welcome to the Purposeful Caregiver podcast. Today, I am really excited to have Nadine and her mom join us. I'm going to just give it off to you guys. And if you could give a little introduction and tell us a little about yourselves. Mom, they want to know a little bit about you, where you were born and how you came to the United States and all that stuff. Tell her how many kids you have. Como? How many kids you have? None. You don't have any kids? What about me and Michael? Oh, love. That's <laughs> best. Okay, but how many? They're all grown. Have? You don't have little kids. You have adult kids. Right, mom? Adult kids. Uh-huh. So, mom, how did you meet Pops and how did you come to the United States? Okay. To be honest with you, I don't like to talk about my life. Since you asked simple questions, so you're going to get a simple answer. <laughs> and the answer is, I came to America when I was 19. I figured this is a nice place to be. I called the American Council in, I think it was in New York. Wow. And I told them that um, I was visiting and I want to know how to get in the U.S. They told me, don't worry about it. You're in already. What? <laughs> Come on, Mom. It was that easy? That easy. That's exactly. wonderful. I know. Welcoming committee. With this, that, or somewhere else. No. Immediately they say, you're in the United States and you're in... Welcome to America. Punto. Dang, period, she said, period. I'd like to know a little about Nadine and how long you two have been living and being roommates. So, Mom, how long have I lived with you? Because remember, I used to have my own house and then I sold it. How long you live with me? Well, I've lived with my mom off and on for basically all 44 years of my life. But there was a time frame where I did own my own house and I rented it out, but I still came here every single day. She cooked for me. My dad was the head chef. Yeah. So my mom's 82. My dad would be 98. He passed me. He was 94. They were like best friends, companions. And after he passed, which was four years ago, is when I started to spend most of my time with her because, I was, you know, I didn't want her being lonely, but it just kind of flourished into this little partnership, didn't it, mom? If you say so. Mom, don't we have a nice companionship? Always. Isn't it great? You go with me everywhere. I, I know. Yeah, uh, Okay, but where do you like to go? Uh, right now? Yeah, like today. Where, where, where would you like to go? Um, let me take a little... Um, Think about it? No. I already know what where I want. want. Where do you want to go? Nibi, Nibi, Nibi. She wants to go to Peter Jungle. They have half bottle wine. That's right. That's half right. Bottle. Wednesdays, they get your 50% off the bottle of wine. So it's a oh, pretty good deal. That sounds right? like a great deal. But of course it's a great deal. <laughs> I won't have it any other way. You know that, don't you? I'm learning. I do like to watch your adventures that you go on. Yeah. And so here's how it works. I take my mom out for her fun and games. That's what we call it. And one of them is vino, wine. What's the other thing you like? Tell her. My favorite drink 
Yes. The equilibrium in wine. Oh, okay. So basically, she likes margaritas. It's the same thing. Yeah, same thing. Say they're pretty much the same. So I take her out for her fun and games, and then she comes home and she has her little nap, and then she cooks me breakfast. She cooks me lunch. She does the dishes. She takes out the trash. I mean, she. I know what I can. Exactly. So she's active. She likes to go for walks. She does not like to do weights in the gym. I've tried. She's a cardio queen. Okay. <laughs> do you like our walks? I like the, to walk, but in this head, it turns me off. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it, you know, it's too hot. Yeah, mom, you're hilarious. I know. So that's basically what it's been like for the past four years. She is high risk at falls, mostly because she's even before my dad passed, she fell and broke her knee and she was kind of like, you know, she kind of doesn't watch where she's going. She, like if the phone rings nine times out of 10, it's a telemarketer, but she has to answer the phone. We don't um, answer the phone, period. And now no. we don't. Yeah, why bother? So don't bother calling me because you're not going to get an answer. Okay. And what else are they not going to get? Your yeah. money. They're not going to get your money. That's exactly right because most of the people want money. And I don't have it. That's a really great point. Yeah. And that's a great way to have that dynamic because a lot of times people that are living alone tend to suffer from falls and break, you know, bones, which can be really difficult for recovery. And also it can be difficult with the internet and the phone calls and so many people asking for money that sound like it's either a person or an organization, a company. They do family member things now. Oh gosh, that's terrible. So I'm glad that you are aware to not give them your money and tell them you have none. (laughs) Someone called and was like, grandma, I need money. I'm in Vegas. And like, she thought it really was, she didn't send it, but she like, it was enough for her to be concerned, you know? And I'm like, oh my God. But see, okay, so here's the thing. So she was already kind of like high risk, not high risk, but she's kind of clumsy, which made her at high risk for falls. Now, after my dad passed, it's like, you know, unfortunately, towards the end of care for some people, they require a lot of work, you know, for when they use the restroom or when they need to go to sleep, they can't see, they need help with walking. I mean, you name it, right? So after my dad passed, she didn't have to do those things. And it seemed like it did lift some weight off her shoulders because she started giving, as a kid say, zero Fs about everything. Right. I mean, you know, she's way more chill. She doesn't, I mean, she's going to be her. So she always is a little anxious, but I mean, she's kind of like a totally different person. And that means now that she likes to party and drink and old town Scottsdale is her standard. Oh, wow. So, yeah. I'm not <laughs> kidding you. So she has her places and her friends and So I do take her because it makes her so happy, but it is hard to like navigate, like how much is too much and I have to go to work. And sometimes I don't calculate it right. And so then she might be at risk of fall. So it's like difficult because I don't want to give her a lot of alcohol. The trainer in me is like, what are you doing? But the human in me is like, she's living her best life. She's having so much fun. I love it. I know you you start. They don't trust me. Oh, tell her about that. About the boys. Which one? Exactly. Oh Which my. one? Multiple. All good looking. And what else do they do? They buy your drinks, right? They buy my drinks. 
That's okay. She no biggie. She said which one. She's 82. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really special. I think you got to share your tips for those that are listening that may like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mom, you're killing it. What do you do when you're very, after you're so happy? You start singing. Borinque. Let's go. Can you sing Borinque for her? Boringue, la reina del encanto, del plan Gautier, dooby-dooby-doo. As soon as she has her first drink, she starts singing. And, and like when she starts singing that, I'm like, oh my God, she's so happy. And it fills my heart with joy. But then I'm like, was that too much? Can I go to the gym? So it's like a really difficult place to be in a, I don't want to say caregiver in front of her, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, in, in a partner role. Because I um, want her to have fun, live her best life she possibly can, but I don't want her to fall. And she's already fallen twice this year. She fell and broke her wrist, had a surgery, recovered quickly, I think end of February, and she fractured her um, humerus or her shoulder. And that one was a little more uh, intense. The wrist, she had the surgery and she was like recovering so quickly. It was scary. I was like, what the hell? Like she hardly even like got pushed by like, it barely deterred her it was just a momentary pause this one was a little a little more hardcore she actually called 911 i wasn't here she fell when i wasn't here oh. and she and the neighbor told me that she called right mom she still has a little bump still from there yeah i mean everything and the scans were fine but so here's the scary part this is something that i wasn't prepared for because i've always had a pretty decent experience from nursing homes, but it definitely seems like uh, things have changed a lot since even like this past summer, things have changed since from there until now. My mom went to a nursing home I've had very good experience with, and this was for her recovery after they discharged her from the hospital for her broken shoulder. Right. And they were so busy, like the staff, and most of them did pretty decent care. It's just there's so many people and some people, not my mom, she was pretty okay. But like compared to the other people, I mean, she wasn't great, but she wasn't like, she didn't have the needs that many of the other people in there needed, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she was on painkillers, obviously laxatives. So for three weeks, she was in the nursing home and I went back and forth working, actually planned a trip out of town because she was being cared for during that time. So I took that. Oh, kind of schedule advantage. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do this. Like, this is a perfect opportunity. It worked out fine. But okay. So then after that, I brought a picture up from the nursing home and she no longer was able to use the toilet. She was going in her diaper. I mean, not to be graphic, but this is something everyone's going to deal with. Before that, she would show me her poop and brag about how, how nice and big it was. Like, I mean, seriously. Right, healthy. That's good. (laughs) And regular, right? Right. Yeah. That's important. She went from that in three weeks to like, seem like she forgot how to to use the toilet. And it seemed like her personality was a little different, like a little, I'm like, holy shit, what happened in three weeks? You know, she didn't have the engagement that she would have if I was there. The stimulating conversations. I mean, they're not that stimulating, but you know, keeping the brain going. (laughs) Her routine with the, the breakfast. And then you know, her just in the using laxatives and them just cleaning her was much easier. Okay, than, no, this is important. Boring. It's not boring. She doesn't like it. But mom, this is important for the list. This okay, is okay. I'm leaving. No, if you leave, I'm not taking you from Margaret. All right. 
That is such great points, though. A routine is so important in having yes. structure and consistency. Yes. And sometimes when people think they want to move a loved one into a new home or a new space or the hospital situation happens, then it really disrupts a whole lot of the system and people don't recognize who their loved one is. Yes. And that was after 21 days. She's still a little moodier than before, but she's definitely more herself now. And she's back to normal with with the bathroom and everything. Everything is mostly fine, but it's like it made me realize that all these things I'm doing for her actually are like helpful. I just thought this was like a Tuesday, but like, no, if she (laughs) hasn't taken away for three weeks, she was a different human and it's scary. So I think your listeners should be very because it wasn't on my radar that that would happen. In and out of the nursing home, like this is not her first rodeo about like, but it was shocking. And so now it's like, be very cognizant of that when you have a loved one who needs care that maybe you can't be there all the time, but you do your best. But like, you know, maybe you, you take them to use the restroom. I mean, I know it's like extra work. If I had known that that was going to happen, I would have made sure to do the work. Like I'm okay with doing the work to make sure she doesn't regress, you know? Depending on, you know, what kind of care your loved one is getting, and you can pretty much get the gist of it right off the bat. I mean, it's additional work and I shouldn't have to do it in theory, but if you want to risk it, you can, but just be advised that it's scary when it does happen. Because when it did, I was in shock. As a human, I, I almost shut down. Yeah, we rely on the systems and supports and resources to be just that with all the changes in you know, staffing cuts and shortages and certainly a high level of burnout, it can be difficult. So they are wearing multiple hats instead of just that one, I show to work and this is my job. You know, they're filling in so many other areas. And that is becoming kind of more of an expectation is that family step in or hire additional, even though this place offers staffing, You know, I've heard of other communities, you know, requesting like, oh, if you want to hire a private caregiver or somebody, please do. (laughs) Whereas before they would say, no, no, we have staff like we can't have other staff or other people. I didn't know that. In our organization. So certainly depends if it's like a skilled nursing or an assisted living or, you know, probably what setting, but it can be difficult. So that really can be. And it sounds like you are the sole care partner. Well, I have a half brother in Rhode Island, but (laughs) Rhode Island and Arizona. Right. So when it comes to where I need his help, it's definitely not feasible in Rhode Island. You know, I have his like, you're doing great. You're doing amazing. And that does. And he offers to help, but which is great. But it, you know. It's just the situation and I'm doing my best. He's doing his best. And eventually I'll probably need some help if she doesn't start behaving. Mom, what so, should people know about you and me? Like the live together. Yeah. That mother daughter. Okay. To make it work. You guys are friends, but sometimes you might get mad. It's nobody's business. I'm ready. Mom. It's nobody else's business. Mom. Okay, mom. Which one? Mom. I'm telling her the truth. It's nobody's business. Wow. So, yeah, there you go. That's a surprise. I haven't seen that. <laughs> that happens a lot. You know, sometimes people can just 
especially in the medical field, if you're going, so many people are asking the questions, asking the same questions, it can feel intrusive. And when you start to kind of have some of that loss, it can feel like people are only asking because they're going to take something away. For example, people that drive and then they, the key like, oh, oh, you know, you're not safe to drive. I'll take the keys. Oh, you're not safe to live alone. You're going to move here. Oh, you're not. And so sometimes people like your mom may not have the capacity to really say that. And so it shows in some of those different ways. None of your business. Shut up. Walk away. Because that's their only way to express like I'm feeling vulnerable and I feel like you're taking something away. And so this is how I can manage that. And, you know, so it's important that we can share with people and control. I mean, as an occupational therapist working with families, I've definitely seen that a lot. And, you know, the families that we work with, they're like, I'm so sorry. this, (laughs) And, And you can't take it personal because it's not personal. It's definitely not. <laughs> it's just a response to it, you know, the same way, like if somebody comes up from behind you and like startle, it's yeah. more of a response to a situation. Are you having fun? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I won't keep you from your afternoon activities, but Nadine, where do you yes. get your information and do you have any resources that you like or are you just doing trial and error and just figuring oh. things out? A little bit of both. I mean, I'd like to get my mom an Altex, but because she owns a home, it's a little, you know, difficult. And also like to get her secondary insurance. You know, it's not that I don't have the help in that department. It's just that it doesn't feel like she qualifies yet. Like I had her go to get an, a psych e- neuropsych eval to apply for Altex. Yeah. And she was like, did a couple questions and then she's like, I'm done. I'm leaving with him. So he wasn't able to give a good assessment. Then I went to a primary care doctor who was like in a residency. So it was always like a different doctor. It was Noah. I told him, but he did give like a a little mini test that I gave him and she nailed it. And the one before that, she didn't nail it. Like there was a little concern, but he's like, I can't recommend anything. Uh, And so she did it before. When a female did it, she just was like obstinate. She just like didn't really care and didn't answer. So it was definitely gender. She has a preference for the male physicians. I hired a company for my dad, but my dad passed. I'm sure they're overworked, but I just, it's too much work. They were after if they're not going to show up or they're not going to, you know, live and learn, right? (laughs) (laughs) So how do you keep yourself kind of, I mean, certainly... You are balancing a lot with your gym and your business and home. Thank goodness your mom cooks, but (laughs) yeah, right. Um, So how do you find a few moments for yourself to kind of stay refreshed and ready to keep up with her? Taking a monthly vacation helps. Having a therapist helps. I know that's probably not a luxury everyone can afford, but for me, I will start OnlyFans if I have to get therapy. I'm just kidding. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll find a way to get it done. Honestly, that and exercising helps. If I don't have that monthly vacation, because I'll go a couple months with that one, and then I'll be like, I can feel the difference in my energy levels and my focus and everything. And so it's just mandatory for me. I have to do it. I'll find, a, I have a couple baby, I call them babysitters, but a couple people that come and check into my mom. 
and all that stuff. So I have everything set in place. It's just, I have to have that time and she's okay with it. It's only for a few, like a couple of days. So it's not like she's, because when she has too much alone time, her, that's when she starts to deteriorate. So like yeah, mentally, definitely. Lose your mind a little bit. So I don't like to go more than three days without me being there for stimulation. But if I have a couple other people for stimulation, then mm-hmm. I feel okay. So that, those were my plans that are in place. I'm not in a relationship. So that's helpful too, in some ways, right? <laughs> it could be an energetic drain or it could be uplifting. Who knows? Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's what happens so often is the person stepping in to take on that partnership role, you know, puts everything else on hold or pause or does is like, oh, it's not important. And so, you know, that can kind of take its toll. Certainly you see the positive that it gives you this special time, you know, with your mom. But I I love it. I do love it. And I don't feel any resentment. I mean, I not yet, at least I don't think I do. If I do, it's subconscious and it hasn't met like surfaced yeah, yet. Out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not to me at the point where it's like, okay, this is life sucking, soul sucking, you know, like I can't do everything. Like I've been able to manage it. When it gets to another level, I have no doubt my confidence to be able to deal with it at the time when it happens. I feel like... <laughs> You know, it's kind of like this past incident with, you know, being discharged three weeks in the nursing home and she was like totally different, almost like an introductory, like, this is what could happen. Like, this is what may happen in the future. Like, maybe it'll make me prepared for when it does. I have no idea. Or if it does, maybe it won't happen. Maybe it will. Hopefully not, but we'll see. So it's kind of like, that's like the silver lining I see in it. It'll take the edge off maybe because it's already like the initial shock of it is like, I've already experienced it. (laughs) (laughs) You kind of bring up a good point that I always like to bring up with the families that I interact with. And so often we take on this role by circumstances, you know, something happens and we step in and friends, family, relatives do this because, you know, that's our obligation and we want to. And sometimes we don't always realize how long that is. And when we're stepping into this role, it's usually during a very stressful time. And so we're not thinking about like maybe the financial repercussions or the commitment, the time commitment or, you know, whatever the length of time. And so especially in an acute phase, like you mentioned, if she broke her arm or, you know, you probably had a lot of your community coming around you, people, your friends to help and make sure. And then over time, they get back to their lives and that support and that urgency kind of fades away. You kind of touched on it saying, well, I will know or I think I'll know when that next level happens. But what I try to encourage people to do is whether you're sitting on the toilet a few extra minutes just to get her in the shower, (laughs) because I know it can be tough to get private time. What does that look like for you? Do you kind of have a vision of like, when you may reach your limit, or that can be hard to think about too, where it's like, oh, I don't want to think about that. So I don't, but have you kind of sat down, like kind of people like, I don't know, it's kind of a, it always has a negative connotation, but it doesn't have to, but like that vision board, you know, you see what you envision that life for you and your mom to have, but circumstances can change. And so kind of thinking like, okay, financially, what is our max? Like, you know, what does that look like time-wise, health-wise? 
what is my limit that I'm not able or willing to do? You know, and if you kind of think about some of those different categories, then it kind of helps put you in a place of preparedness instead of that place of like response. And I mean, we can't anticipate everything. I mean, certainly I think she's going to recover and rehab and get stronger and will come out better than she went in. But (laughs) and so certainly we can't predict all of those things. But I think something for care partners to think about is, you know, if you can set aside some of that obligation and think about, oh, when would I need to have, you know, a paid care person come in beyond just maybe respite or, you know, and have extra hands to help with some of these things or give you some of those time. Well, and I have thought about it, but like, unfortunately, like financially, I alone wouldn't be able to afford much of that without dipping into my savings. You and know? that's important and- to think about too, because you, you know, hopefully have a whole lot of future ahead too. Yes. To- that's, that's what I'm banking on, that I have some future so I can like, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? To have like a plan for the financials. Cause like, okay, like I get, I have obviously higher care. It's the finances, right? So I could ask my half brother, but I feel like uncomfortable about that, even though he's, you know, I mean, it's to me asking for money. I'm not there yet, but like, it's a thought that I've had, you know? Right. And a lot of people do. I mean, money is definitely <laughs> an uncomfortable conversation. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I don't like confrontation. I'm a Sagittarius. And even though <laughs> I wouldn't be like, you need to give me money, you know, I wouldn't be like that. Even with my own job, like, I'm like, hi, can you pay me? Like, it's just like when it comes to money for me. It always has felt there's a part of me that feels uncomfortable. It's kind of like I've been taught to like, don't do that. Can't think of explicitly being taught that, but inherently, I feel like that's kind of like somehow like that's like a belief I put upon myself. (laughs) That's another segment. (laughs) Well, this has been so awesome. And I definitely would love to have you back because I feel like this topic is just so difficult and we can only dive right into the surface or superficial, but there's so many different aspects to talk about. Two kind of final thoughts are one, what is like a tool or a resource or like, you know, that you wish existed that, you know, would just make your partnership easier or more helpful, or maybe it does exist and you just wish it was easier access because So often I think that's, you know, people like, oh, there's no resources or the resources exist. But kind of like you mentioned, there's so much hoops to jump through that it really isn't accessible and it's not inclusive. It's not accessible or inclusive. It's like, yeah, my mom owns a house, but like, why should she have to put that up for collateral? Like, it's not like she just gets social security. And so how is she supposed to qualify for... I mean, because she has a house, I feel like that's crazy that it disqualifies her from getting full Right. I mean, I understand to a degree from like a business standpoint, but at the same time, it's like, that's such a broad, like general statement to put out there if you own a home. Like, no, like like I live in a shack and you live in a palace. Like, you know, if you live in a palace, then maybe you do have the tools to like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Right. If they're not looking at a global, you know, assets you know, from that type of a perspective, then, then yeah, I mean, it falls back on you to do the 24 seven. And I'm not a caregiver. And I told my mom when, when she came back from the nursing home and she was 
I mean, it was, so she's not here. I know that probably triggered her now that she's gone. I know that it did, but for being honest about things, that's how she handled it. So when she was like wearing the diaper and then she pulled it down and then she had like a liquidy poop as we were standing there, that was shocking to me. That to me was like, oh my God, like, wow, like what the fuck happened? I wasn't sure if she was confused or she just used to that and she was comfortable with that. And like, I'm like, no, mom, you told the doctor, you told the nurse, you told them, I love my daughter, but she's not a nurse. You know, I'm not a nurse. This is not me. I am not cleaning your butt. I am not wiping your butt. You're not there yet, mom. You're not there yet. Like, okay, like (laughs) if, if it gets to that point, fine, but you're not there yet. I'm like, you need to snap out of it. I will help you, but you need to snap out of it. You're back home. You're not in the nursing home. You wear underwear here. It felt like she wasn't really trying. And I'm like, well, not that she wasn't really trying, but she kind of was being stubborn, as you see. And I'm like, like, stop talking to me. You know, she didn't want to hear that she was pooping in her diaper. Like, you right. know. Yeah, that is embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I don't mean to be like, I mean, I would never do this normally, but she res- she responds to stuff like that. Like she mm-hmm. has like, that's how she's been trained to be, you know, just right. you don't. Yeah. Right. So I was like, if you don't start acting right, I'm not taking you to get your margaritas. Like when I said that, and she started to like get a little better and probably all the laxatives are finally getting out of her system. Yeah, when medications are in your system, yeah. it can be really difficult. Yeah, like that was a few days and that but those things seemed to be clearing out. And then I took her to my gym, you know, my gym and there's pub rock. I would drop her off while I would work for an hour and I'm like, no more than two drinks. So she goes there, has her drinks and popcorn while I work. Well, so when she started to behave and like not use the diaper per se, I took her with me to the gym. She's like, let's go to the bar. I'm like, nope, you're not allowed to. You have to go two days in a row. And she sat there like this, staring straight at the bar the whole time. <laughs> so pissed. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that can be challenging. I'm sure you can imagine based on what you saw today, right? Yeah. Does she have like a cognitive diagnosis, like of dementia or any mild cognitive impairment. Mm -hmm. Yes. But like I said, when she had that test with that male physician at NOAA, she (laughs) She answered it. She did it really well. She did it really well. I was shocked and I was like, oh my God. Like, and it was like specifically for what the, one of those companies, senior planning companies like told yeah. me I needed it, and she was passing it. And I'm like, God, dang it. I was just like over it. I'm like, it's only so far you can go. Like, right. Just, and don't you wish, I guess that's what I wish is instead of some of these tests or these documents, I mean, this would be a great go around with yeah. a little spy cam or what is that? A GoPro. And just yeah. be like, here is my day. This is my life. Like, yes, it's great. And it's wonderful. But like, this is a telltale sign of <laughs> yeah, exactly. this condition. <laughs> I know. It's the same thing with like when it came to like teaching the kids how to pass a test when I was a teacher. It's like, okay, so now they know like how to like look for trick questions and how to eliminate answers, but have they learned anything? No, they have not. <laughs> yeah, it's very similar. But uh, I love yeah. my mom. She's, no, she's, you guys are so great. And she, I mean, yeah, you're lucky to have one another. And I know 
that it can be challenging, certainly, because yeah, we are human. So we're not perfect. And most of us are not trained in this role. You know, you're trained as a teacher, you're trained as a business owner. I mean, you're not even trained as a business owner, you become a business owner, you become a caregiver. (laughs) I will say, I can say this now, because it really hit me the other day. But like, caregivers need to give themselves some credit because I mean, I don't know how often I'm like, am I doing enough? Am I doing a good job? There's a lot of self-doubt there. It's like, am I giving her too much alcohol, but she's having too much fun? Like for me, that's my most challenging aspect for my mom. It's like, well, damn, like if I, for three weeks, she came back like that. And the only difference was, yeah, she was injured, but she didn't have me around to like, I'm like, wow. I mean, when it's taken away, you can see the stark difference. You're like, damn, I really am like her guiding force. Yes. I am. It gives her purpose. Right. You know? Absolutely. And it keeps her engaged. And just like you said, having those experiences and being out and you are, you know, providing that safe, structured supervision. You know, you're not dropping her off at 9 a.m. and <laughs> picking her back up at five. That would be concerning. But it sounds like you have a really great community and the people, I mean, you're with her, but in instances you're with community and friends. And I mean, certainly coincide like any medications or, you know, medical reasons, but it sounds like, you know, you do have a good supervision on things. So like sometimes I'll like, I'll be taking a nap and I open my eyes I look and she's right there. She's like, where are we going? I'm like, I just opened my eyes. <laughs> I can relate to that. My mom, she lives in New York with my dad, but when she comes to visit, I oh. am still working and I still have my routine and I won't even have the door open. And she's like, I'm starving and there'll be food in the house, but you know, it's more fun to go out and where are we going? Yeah. What are we doing? I'm like, yeah. I haven't even peed yet. I haven't even set my bag down, like changed my clothes or you know, anything. You're like afraid to open the eye. <laughs> I know. It's like something feels like it's looming over me. I'm going to turn the other way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, this is wonderful. I appreciate you both taking some time af- from your afternoon. So I hope that you go and have a great treat. Oh, yeah. well, <laughs> for sure. Tell everybody in the computer goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. <laughs> you too.